Welcome to Misunderstood. This is safe space. The purpose of Misunderstood is to be able to share a personal light in our individual stories, our trauma and our pain that often goes unshared or unspoken. Our intent is to move closer, pay attention, ask good questions and walk in another shoes to get a better understanding of our mental health. Remember all you have to do as our audience is to listen, learn. We hope that through this, a lot of us can find healing. My name is Eugenia and I am your host for Misunderstood. Welcome and enjoy. Okay, so welcome to the podcast, Misunderstood. Um, I am your host, Nia, and for this episode, we have um, a brilliant, brilliant woman called Efwa, a very good friend of mine. And um, this in this episode, we're just going to have a conversation with her about her life and her story. So I would um, let her give a bit of an introduction as to who she is. Just a brief bio, and then we can uh, get right into it. So, Efwa, welcome to Misunderstood. Thank you so much for even having me. Um, I'm really excited. Um, I suck with bios. Like, I don't even know <laughs> what to say. Um, I'm a 20-something-year-old. Um, I'm a mom. Um, I was born and raised in Toronto. Actually, Mississauga, which is a city in Ontario, Canada. My parents are both Ewe. Um, My parents have been in Canada since the 80s. Um, I was raised very Ewe. We were born and like very enriched in the Ewe community. And from there, just also going back and forth between Ghana and here. My parents make it really made that like a really big thing, raising us that we know our culture, where we're from. Right. So going back and forth, um, <clears throat> my parents are really, like they love to give back and that was something they raised us on. So like that was a big part of who we are. So um, growing up, that's just, just something me and my sister and just my family were really dedicated to doing and um, my family unit is in right. a traditional family unit. Um, right. So I got to see life differently than most people and on that aspect as well. That's why I'm very political. That's why I'm very outspoken. Um, I was raised that way. If you ever meet my family and you're around me for more than like 10 minutes, you'll, you'll sit there and be like, okay, this is why Apple is the way she is. Right. So um, I'm very political, very outspoken. And like my passion is just getting the system dismantled and having everyone live freely as who they want to live and and be able to live how they want to live. And that's mm-hmm. literally what I've been dedicated to um, ever since I understood why the world works the way it does. And so that was, I would say, after college. Mm-hmm. So um, this passion and drive came much later in life. Um, I guess we'll get into that story and who I was before I started that. Um, But yeah, I guess that's my bio. That's who Afwa is. Um, Yeah. That's Um, who I am today. 
I think that's uh, also very important because I remember the very, um, one of the very first memories that I have with you is, you know, you um, helping on the safe space when I was starting it at the very beginning and your support and everything. So I think that was how we got to know each other, right? It was through, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. your work Mm -hmm. that we did with the safe space. So I've always, you know, known to be that kids okay i mean i don't think that a lot of people some people might be listening so they don't know who you are but um you're a social justice warrior i would say because i've done some work um in regards to that with you um however before we get into the main reason why we're here um how are you doing like in in general are you okay um today Yes, I'm, I'm good. Um, I have been such a better mind space. I am getting back to, um, who I was ending of 2019. Um, even ending of February, I'll say ending of February, I was in a really good space. Mm -hmm. Um, I was motivated and then the pandemic happened and everything kind of just like went to shit. So are we allowed to swear? Can I swear? Cause I swear a lot. (laughs) <laughs> it's okay. this is shit and I'm like oh no like are we is it a professional atmosphere or it's can okay. I be you like you have to express yourself okay good so yeah everything went to shit so mm-hmm. after that yeah it's kind of been like a downhill spiral but yeah. as of today um I'm kind of getting things back to normal and I'm in a good space that's absolutely great to hear um so, um, <clears throat> where do we move on to? I think we we, um, we talked a bit about, you know, you told you talk, um, your background. And um, I am going to just take a guess that you grew up in a very progressive home. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your parents made sure that you, you know, you did the right thing. I, I assume. Right. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. For sure. Right. Well, I guess you know where I'm going with this, and I'm not <laughs> sure if everybody else does, but we're going to, you know, talk a bit about menace to society. Is yeah. Menace <laughs> yeah. to society. You have yeah. to just take us back to who menace to society is. Now, if you're listening to this and you don't know who menace to society, you know, is before this conversation, I, I hope you know Air Force can give you an in-depth to who that is. So let's let's talk a bit about that. Who is uh, who is she? So Menace was a troll. Um I think I got not I think I was I made Twitter 2010. Um I had just started college. Um Social media wasn't really a thing. Like Twitter wasn't a thing or that big yet. Um, so I was still on Facebook then times like when I first started college and everything. But by the time, I think by the time I was menaced, I was at York, I was in university. Um, I was more known just within like the Nigerian community or it was, yeah, m- more the Nigerian community and universities and in college. Um, and I guess like 
taking it back a bit, in high school, I was not that popular. Like, everyone knew me or whatever, but, like, I guess romantically, like, I wasn't really pursued that much. Most of my friends were all much prettier than me. Um, I was, like, the ugly duckling, quote-unquote, of my friend group. So then, I guess, as I got into college, I started, quote-unquote, glowing up. Um, and I started getting attention and that plus an inferiority complex and just not even knowing myself yet, menace was created and being online, like face to face, I am very confrontational. I am loud. I am in your face. So I guess that plus being behind a screen, it was a mess. It even was, it just turned it turned into something really, really bad. And everyone around me was worried. Um, I don't want anyone to think that like people around me um, allowed me to do it. Like, trust me when I say I had many fucking interventions, like it, it, it got really bad. Oh yeah. Almost definitely. Most definitely. It was a troll account, but um, I wouldn't say, like, my picture was there. Like, people knew it was me. Oh, okay. But it wasn't, um, it wasn't me. I don't know how to explain it. So, like, everyone, like, I wasn't hiding that it wasn't, I wasn't hiding that it was my account. Like, I knew, knew it was, it was publicly known, but everyone knew I was using the account to troll. Like, Everyone knew I was being extra and outlandish for retweets and for jokes. And like, everyone understood that. Um, but yeah, no, um, no one around me was okay with it. It was, it's, it was a constant issue within my friend groups, within my relationship, my parents, um, my sisters, like my family. Because um, imagine I would be getting thousands of retweets for fucked up things so it would always get back to everyone I loved um and I can only like now I'm looking back at it they're probably so embarrassed um like it was I was like those tweets that people pulled up those were nothing like that's what I'm laughing at as I'm when it was happening I'm like I just remembered the things that I would say and and the the like those were those were not like there were so much more <laughs> unfortunately that's um, <laughs> so um yeah menace was a troll like i i, I don't even know like the somalia phobia like if we want to use like the in that for instance then that's what was really brought up somalia phobia in toronto is real like um, growing up and in high school 10 years ago, um, that type of language was normal. And so what happened with the Somali community back in 2010, 2011, um, by 2012, that's when like, it got really bad. Um, but um, I would just say like some like horrible, horrible jokes. And as fucked up as it was, people would laugh like, my friends, like I would get retweets, people would laugh all the time. And um, 
oh, I feel sick even talking about this, but um, one day it got into the Somali community. I tweeted something really, I, I can't even remember the joke, but it would be stupid jokes. Like just really dumb, 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 dumb jokes, hateful jokes. And it finally got to the Somali community on Twitter. And sis, when I say that day, they dragged me. They dragged me for dirt. Like hundreds, 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 hundreds of people. And instead of me to have been apologetic and instead of me to have um, been mature, I was very immature about it. And those were where those tweets came from. And so instead of me to have backed down and been like, holy shit, I felt like what you're doing is wrong. This is hateful. This is fucked. Um, I I would go at them all the time. Like it just became a war. Yeah. So any chance I would get, like just for jokes, I would drop like those hateful and evil tweets. And it was hurt because of obviously the things they were saying to me and I was embarrassed and all those things. But like, I should, like, of course their anger is valid. Like, what I'm saying is so hateful. Anyone's going to, I couldn't, I shouldn't have been mad at how someone reacted to my hate, right? So instead of me to have owned it and, and, and stop doing it, I would continue and this war would start and I would always be just saying fucked up shit. And one day it actually did get bad. Like, again, I think I had two instances. Not I think, I did have two instances. The second instance, it was even worse. Um, and someone... <laughs> pretty much damned me a picture of my home. Um, not my like family home, thank God, but it was my home where I was living when I was in college. Yeah. That summer I would I had my own apartment. Anyways, they DM'd me a picture of my home and they were like, yo, like, keep playing. I was like, true. All right. <laughs> so um I stopped. And just later on in like because I was in college and university, I learned about Somaliophobia. I learned so much and right. unlearned all that hate I had, like the internal. And this is what I'm trying to say, like about menace to society. I sometimes I wish I could even like pull up those tweets. I do have some of them, but they literally were a mirror of my environment and the way everyone around me was thinking. And it's not an excuse, obviously, but. It just goes to show you what society was like 10 years ago, um, especially in Toronto and like the what the Black community was perpetuating. I was, my tweets were a fucking mirror of that. We would be homophobic. We would be, we had internal racists like as women. And we saw that with Nella Rose and we saw that with the UK Twitter when all those tweets were being pulled up. Like, I don't think people understand that's what, growing up in the West or in in a global North country or a Canada or UK was like for a black girl. Like um we had so much internal racism. I would tweet shit about like black girls you can't wear blonde weave. Black girls can't wear red lipstick. Like not only was I just hateful towards everyone, I was technically hateful towards myself because that's what I like that was the product of what my society was then. And so 2020, 10 years later, so much of that has been unlearned, not only with me, but society has checked, like we've, we've, we've unlearned and we've called out all these problematic concepts within the Black community. So we have grown as a society, but 
Menace to society, let me tell you, was a mirror. It was a mirror of what? Of what my society was, what my circle was, what my environment was. Like, these are the jokes that were being thrown back at me. And that page was what I used to, I guess, conform. Instead of saying, hey, like, this hurts, this is wrong, I was repeating it back. So Menace was a fucked up person. Um, not only was she hateful towards everyone else, Menes was hateful toward herself. And through my tweets, you would see that. Um, every time I was hurt, every time I was so, it was literally my diary as like sick as it was as to like, it was a safe space for me. And I would journal everything, anything that I was going through. Um, I would say it, I would tweet it. Um, so as I grew, though, I had to realize um, how harmful Menace was, and Menace turned into Afwa Laren and who I am today. Um, but I garnered a huge following from Menace, which was very funny, too. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what we could say about that. Um, being like, I don't know. I don't know. Were you on Twitter from tw- like when did you get on hop on Twitter? Um say 2016. 2016. 2016. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So t- Twitter from 2010 to like I want to say 2015 was crazy. Like <laughs> it was a crazy time. And um ignorance plus a platform Mm -hmm. it was just a mess not only like was menaced there was a space for troll accounts or there was a space for so many menaced societies i'm not explaining it i'm making sense Mm -hmm. um so um i don't know i don't let's let's um so as as you were talking, and you know, because this, you know, I was reading um, the opinions of other people, you know, about this situation when it blew up on Twitter, and uh-huh. so I, I want to talk a bit about how you know, what, let's talk about the the relation between the home you grew up in and how the kind of fundamentals that you had, right, foundations that you had that were strong. Um, they they supported everything. They supported um, doing doing the doing good, right? Just yeah. doing good and supporting people. And yeah. your environment in Toronto and online and the real friends that you have. And then we we look at all the girls that also grew up in the same place that you grew up in. Um, the kind of homes that you grew up in, but they would say that they never ever went through a phase of being a menace to society, you know, as uh-huh. you were. So I just, let's talk a bit more about that. Like, if I'm the kind of girl who went through that phase and never became that, uh-huh. how how did you end up that way? You know, like what, what, was, what, was, the, what was just the difference between you and the other girl who just didn't 
um, perpetrate, let's say, violence because of, you know, um, the environment that they were in or as a reflection of their state, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, I grew up and, like, I guess just in high school, not getting attention. By the time, like, I got to college and then having the platform that I did, I don't know. Like, the retweets were literally like dopamine. Like, whether it was good attention or bad attention, getting retweets. It was never really about, like, the, like, I don't explain it. Like, the hate Mm -hmm. was just a way to channel however I was feeling. And then seeing people, like, give it, give it attention. It just was, it just became a sick cycle. Right. Um, other people just had a maybe healthier and safer way to channel whatever pain and and whatever issues they were dealing with. But I handled mine so unhealthy. Right. So um, that was what my 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 instance was. I guess I would say like for any other black girl that was going through whatever the hell I was going through. They probably had education, maybe parents that understood it, mm-hmm. um, understood the system. Um, maybe they had access to to channels that I didn't have. And until I learned about what I was truly going through as a Black woman or a Black girl, mm-hmm. and I had safe spaces and I had women to talk to and I had people to let out whatever I was going through more healthier than... Twitter wasn't necessary for me to be hateful for anymore. So it was just pain that I was going through channeling back out hate. Mm-hmm. And so that's what menace was. It was it was hate. It was anger. I was angry. Very, very, very angry. And it's funny because people still say that right. as Afro Laren. Oh, you're so angry. Why are you always so angry? And it's like, you if you like... Angry? Now, yeah, um, yeah, I'm definitely fucking angry. Like, there's so much for me to be angry about. Like, (laughs) I'm angry. I'm very, very angry. Um, But now at 20, 27, I just know how to channel my anger much more healthier. Right. Um, At 19, I didn't know how to channel my anger healthy. I was angry and I, I, my anger was shown. It was, it was deliberate. So um, the hate that came out from menace to society was anger. It was pain. Um, and so you came for me, I'd come back for you. Um, the jokes, the everything, t- talking how I, I think about, you know, it, it's, it's, it wasn't just the tweets about the Somalis, right? I think we were everything involved as well. So so many things, so many. I, there was every community got it. That's what's so funny. Like yeah. it wasn't only. If anyone remembers, I used to always get at Nigerians. I would always get at Ghanians. I would get at like everyone and anyone got it. There was the heat. wasn't just It wasn't just Somaliophobia or Somaliphobic tweets. 
Everyone got it. Anything got it. Yeah, homophobic tweets, everything. Most definitely. Which I think was, you know, really surprising to a lot of people because I don't think a lot of people know about this, but we have, you know, a strong community of, you know, feminists and who are, you know, also queer people and felt very sort of betrayed by this. And um, I think that, that was the whole thing. And I just, I want to understand this. Do you, did you, did you really believe in like all the things that she said? Like, you know, when you were- My like homophobia? Yeah, you know, I mean, and just all of them and just look your, all your troll tweets. Were they personal for you? Did you actually believe in the things <clears throat> that you were saying at the time? Okay, so some, like, what I would do was just, outlandish like some of the I would take I'm just like I'm playful with my words so no to an extent I don't believe a lot of what I was trolling it was for jokes like it was for retweets I wanted it I wanted people to be angry like I was purposely saying fucked up shit there were some times I would say fucked up shit because I knew it would just piss people off did I believe it no um some of the homophobic tweets, yeah, like that's what I thought about the the queer community at that time. That was what that's what I was taught, unfortunately, between religion and society. That is how I view that's how I viewed the queer community. Most definitely, yeah. some of those tweets at that time as a nineteen year old. That's exactly. Oh, most definitely. This is how we actually felt at the time and there's been so much growth I I assume you know from then till now right almost definitely oh god like yeah. no like I that's what I, I I wish that's what I'm saying like I wish I wish I had had that conversation yeah. and I think the, another thing too is that I've had this conversation um I think if you followed me and a lot of people have and like shout out to like people who followed Menace all the way to Afro Loren because like they were the ones who were DMing me and like reaching out to me and calling me and were like bitch like right. don't even let this bother you because we like I've been there like I, I watched you grow and like your growth has been like awesome and like shout out to those people who like were just like reminding me of that but put aside that like if you followed me from Menace to now like I've owned that shit I've said that shit so many times like you've grown with me like so I think maybe that's why um, just having that conversation again, plus being like attempted to be docs, like all at the same time, I just like, I didn't have the energy to do it, but I wish I did because I do love a lot of, like a lot of those girls, I do love them and they deserved that. But please understand, like I was homophobic. Like it's not something like those tweets represented how I viewed the queer community at that time. and like unlearning and learning all over again is one of the most amazing experiences I have had because I learned about myself and my position in society as a Black woman through queer studies. And um, a lot of the women that I hurt took a very big part in my like learning as well. Like that's what's awesome about Twitter too. Like if you use Twitter to learn and you follow the right people and you follow and 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 read the right content and curate your your world to what you want it to be, 
it's the most pleasurable experience. And so um, my learning process happened on Twitter as well, just following a lot of women and just following a lot of um, um, amazing accounts that taught me to um, like what I needed to know to unlearn everything I had learned. So um, some of my, like that's what I'm saying, like, yeah, yeah, I was trolling, but at the same time, like that's, that's how I saw life. That's how I viewed myself. That's how I viewed the world. Like I was phobic. I was hateful. I was jealous. I like all those, all those things I was tweeting at that time. Like that's how I was. I was angry. So my Twitter reflected that shit, unfortunately. Um, So, yeah, um, the growth, the growth was there. I had to unlearn all that. What, what would you, what would you, um, if one now say, you know, to the people or to somebody who's probably listening who was somehow offended by something you said, you know, bullied, um, oppressed in any way by, the actions and the words that menace to society, um, you know, but what would you say to that person? Yo, sis, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of motherfucking people because it was like almost, I want to say like five years of that shit and constantly, like I was, it's, yeah, like, I made, I don't know, it was an experience. And I did hurt a lot of people. Like, <laughs> I hurt a lot of people. I was saying some fucked up shit. I was doing some fucked up shit. And I am sorry. Like, yeah. I am sorry. But I don't know. With me, sorry is action. And for five years now, like, Everything that I've learned, I've dedicated space and time to teaching back and helping whoever I can help or who wants the help from me to unlearn. And I've, I've shared this story and I share this story and I speak on menace and I speak on my growth because it's real. And I'm very transparent about it too because people think, um on social media like when i say oh i was 19 like that's not that's not um to what's the word to give me a pass on what i did or for like nah i'm telling you guys because like that was the past some y'all like some people are 27 and 28 with the same mindset i had at 19 you're gonna grow too And when you grow, I hope that your tweets aren't pulled up when you're 44 or 45 or 32 or how whatever age. And people are penalizing you for that. Because the difference between me and a lot of people is I've put in the action. And I put in the work. Because as a Black woman, I realized a lot of the internal hate what I was conditioned to see a lot of the world the way I did. That's why I was putting back out that heat. And I didn't know I was oppressing someone. I just thought that's how society was. I just thought being different, if you're gay, 
if I, I, I sat there as 19 year old because I was conditioned to view that this is what religion taught me. And this is what my culture and, and traditions taught me that, yo, like if you're gay, you're sinning. You know, I can, I can respect you, but no, there was always that, but, you know, for a black woman, like, as I was saying, like I was talking about, I used to tweet things like, oh, if you're dark skin, you can't wear blonde weave. Right. You can't wear red lipstick. I would tweet things like that. I would say things about Nigerians. Like I would say things about any, like things that I was conditioned, the way I was conditioned to view the world. Rape culture, sis, like even rape culture. You know, if we would hear things, I would say, why did she go to her house at that time? Why would you, why would you as a woman go at 1A? You know, like the things that you're conditioned and the way you would view. And I'm tweeting, I'm here thinking like, this is just my opinion. This is just how I view things. I have now a keyboard and, and a platform to just share this and express this. At 19, did I know I'm perpetuating someone's oppression? Nah. You know? I'm just here thinking, I'm commenting, and I'm on Twitter, and I'm having fun. Me at 28. Now, this is why I go so fucking hard, because now I understand it's not just an opinion. Uh, A victim, a survivor, a Black woman, a queer person is going to see that, and you're perpetuating their oppression. You're hurting them. And so when I see that, I'm like, yo, be mindful of what you're saying. Be mindful of what you're doing. And, I, and, and people think I'm just, I'm angry or, yeah, I am angry. You know, that, that shit, where you're, what you're doing or what you're saying sucks. But also, I was you. <laughs> like, I was just expressing anything. I was just t- t- taking my thumbs to say anything. Be mindful of what you're saying. And people don't understand that. People just think I'm out here. I think I'm on some, I'm a, I, I, think, I hear people say, I think I'm self-righteous. I'm on a high horse. Nah, nigga, like I'm not on no, I'm not on no high horse. I don't think anyway. Just be fucking mindful of what you're saying. And if I do that, and and, and another thing too is what I learned through this experience, Nia, is I still have things to learn. And I think, I think that was very hard for me to grasp that I thought like I had made it to a, a, a place where I was understanding of the world and how I'm wanting to function in it. And I realized like I'm very far from it and there's so much more to critique. And so accepting critique was a huge thing that was, I had to learn from this situation. But that's, I guess, another conversation for another day. But yeah, like, no. Mm-hmm. I put in work. I put in a lot of motherfucking work um, for all that I menace to society. Or, and, and you know, it wasn't just menace. There was offline shit I was doing. Like who I was at that time in my life. Like I put in a lot of work to rectify that and to be there for people and to help people and to teach people. Because when you unlearn, I feel like it's a duty to help everyone else unlearn as well. And that's how progression and progress in society is going to happen. So I think that was another thing that was annoying me when people kept saying that, like, I, I feel like I've, I've apologized way too many times in my life. I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to have to do it for the rest of my life for that. 
And if that's the that's the the consequence, then fine. But I didn't have the energy to apologize again. Right. That's how you feel. Almost definitely. I, I just I I I just I don't have the energy. Especially just because of what the situation at hand was and why those tweets were pulled up. And like as I'm sitting here and, and I've reflected on the situation, like To the Somali community, most definitely, like, because I don't think I've apologized enough. Like, I feel really bad, and those tweets were fucked up, and yeah, Somaliophobia fucking sucks. Because as I'm sitting here, I, I was I was partaking in that shit, and I can only imagine as a Somali person. Because it wasn't just me, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, I just remember high school. I remember what like. Yeah, put aside, like, as I still stand by the fact that I feel like they do have anti-Black sentiments. The Black community on its own, we were small, we are Somaliophobic as fuck too. So there's two, there's two sides to it. Um, so at that time, the conversation we were having, seeing that we had that, the term Jareer was brought up and we were talking about anti-Blackness. I don't think it's fair that my old tweets were pulled up because I have unlearned that and I am not hateful anymore. And I'm a completely different person. And the conversation at hand was about anti-Blackness. Put that aside though. Um, yeah, in 2010, I was like, the Somaliophobia was real. And so they do just like, I need to apologize for those tweets. They were fucked up, they were wrong. Um, but everything else, like all old any old tweets or any like even like even like the queer tweets like the homophobic tweets like I'm just saying like I've apologized like I have like <laughs> I've apologized way too many times and what that kind of you know um it just it makes me mad that a lot of people so they do not take it they take it yeah very very deep as they should you know yeah See, my thing with this whole situation too, like as yeah. well, is that like they were triggered. And that hurts me because it was kind of like collateral yeah. damage. And they knew, like, people understand that there are certain communities that will be triggered because their oppression hasn't not like their oppression still is so ongoing, it's still so real, and the pain is still so real. So they know. They know which, like, we live in a time where, like, to get reaction, you know which communities to get the reaction from. And I feel like that's exactly what happened. Like, this, the whole situation, like, my, I was being Somaliophobic, but I was speaking on, like, this whole situation rooted in a conversation about anti-Blackness in the Somali community. Why were tweets about homophobia being brought up? Like, why are you trying to, trigger a community like for what what was the reason like why and so you triggered some of my even fucking friends like you've triggered people now and like for like now you had you know you're already your young growth process i would say um a lot of progressive people Mm -hmm. prepared people um i suppose saw Mm -hmm. the work that you do saw you for your tweets and uh, your social justice work. So I guess they could not have ever imagined that you even previously used to have, um, you know, these kind of ideas. I mean, this is not just 
Of um, course, yeah. You know, a person just making one or two jokes here and there, it just seemed more targeted. And I think that, you know, trolls have done a lot of damage to a lot of people. So, um, so you know, as we're speaking right now, like, did you see the tweets? Because I, I never saw that. I was not. I don't. I don't. I don't even know. As <laughs> I don't know. As unfortunately, I, I don't even know. Like, it's funny because I, when it was brought up that I there was homophobic yeah. tweets, or whatever. Um, I was literally having a panic attack. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I when I saw it in the conversation, I I read it and I'm like, like I was in the middle of another panic attack that like I didn't even like like I glanced over it, and I ne- I didn't click on anything. That whole two days or three days, like there were bare people. Like so many people were like posting shit. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pay attention to it. I as we're speaking, there's so many tweets. I don't know what was posted. I don't know. I heard there was a fake, like a fake conversation posted. Yo, like anything that was posted those days, I didn't see shit. And so I heard, I know people were triggered. I know people were hurt, but I don't know what I, I don't know what they saw. I don't know what, I don't know. I saw some of them, like people sent me like one or two tweets. And so that's why I'm, I, I saw what that tweet that I saw um, that someone sent me. Um, you know, what was said here, even if you had an idea about it. Um, I think there was like a... Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to state um, it. That I saw way afterwards, after it happened. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, like what I saw, like, I, that's why I'm claiming it. I, I saw that, I read the tweet yeah. and I was like, okay, like, yeah, I definitely had that mindset like that. Like, I, I had to take accountability for that. Like, I definitely that's said, like, yeah. And how, so... What, mm-hmm. how, where do you go from there? You know, like, I just stumbled upon these tweets. This is a girl. This is a woman that I follow who I respect. Um, I know that she supports me. I know that she's not homophobic. And all of a sudden, it's like she is the direct opposite of everything that I think that she stands for. Or I've known her to stand for it. So where do we go from Mm. here? Do I trust that, okay, this person, I'm just assuming that she has really grown or this is just a pretense? Because you know that a lot of people... um, who still hold very, uh, I, I, I don't know the right word to use, but yes, problematic uh, principles or ideologies or whatever, but they don't share mm-hmm. because now it's, mm-hmm. it's a very progressive time. And because of PC culture, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. people are just, you know, morphing into identities that they think would be we're just going to time because everybody's being progressive mm-hmm. and you're going to be called mm-hmm. out and it's cancel culture mm-hmm. now. So we don't even know authenticity from people who have actually grown. So how am I able yeah, to yeah, know yeah. that the Ekwa that I followed a few months ago who I thought was a brilliant, um, you know, a brilliant woman who supports me is, you know, is not oppressive in any way. He supports LGBT rights. Uh, she's um, mm-hmm, anti-sexual mm-hmm. violence. It's no that. So how do I trust world who do i look at i look at now just give me something to work with okay so let's put a timeline onto shit so let's say the like time like the world started getting progressive like quote unquote i mean like i would say like based on because i think about things like from these 10 years from 2010 to 2020 I would say the like the world started getting like progressive around like 2016, 2015. 
Like I have a blog and everything I would learn or unlearn, I would blog it. And these things like they date back from like 2013 to 2014. And so like there are women who are feminists now that like, I feel like I was online teaching, girl. (laughs) There's concepts that like, this is not, Afro 2020, this is, this is, this didn't happen in the last two years or one year. Like this is, I've been doing this for a very long time. I've unlearned this shit. The, those tweets are from a very, those are eight, nine years ago. So I don't want to like sound like an asshole, but like if you don't see the authenticity, then like I don't know what else to tell you. Like, <laughs> Like, I'm not doing this for people. I'm doing this for me. Like, I'm doing this for my babies from, the, like, like, the future. Like, that's why, like, even with who I work with, I don't work with my peers. I work with youth because my goal is to make sure the youth doesn't go through whatever I went through. So my peers that I work with are people who see my authenticity. They're people who, who ride with me. And we're, we're killing it. We're doing a good job. If you don't see it, because like, I honestly, like, yeah, like I'm even on a mindset right now. Like, I don't even, I don't, I'm good, but I'm still hurt. Like a lot of how this, how a lot of how this went down. Like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm still like healing. So I need to get back to work though. Like I need to get back to getting things done and, 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 and my projects. And so Unfortunately, if you don't see the authenticity or you think this is a farce or it's fake, then like, you know, like your 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 opinion is valid. Right? Those tweets, they, they can garner that type of opinion. That's a consequence I'm going to have right. to face with. But if you trust me and you're rocking with me, then, you know, let's get shit done. Let's, let's change the world. So like, that's where I'm at right now. Like, it sucks. Like, this is literally a consequence that everyone around me was drilling in my head when I was menaced. Like, you know, one day you're going to grow up and you're going to be in this space, in a different space, and these tweets or that persona or all this shit's going to come and haunt you. And I, and I wasn't listening. I, I thought I was, I don't know if I thought I was untouchable. I don't know what the fuck. I look back at it at all. I don't know why the fuck I was listening. But yo, I'm here. And 2020, these are the consequences, you know? So I'll rock with them. I'm cool. I'm, I'm, I, I'm all right. Um, I, but as for authenticity or if I've grown or dog, I I keep saying the actions are there, like, and that's why, honestly, I I do want to point something out too, like, anyone who tried to insinuate that, like, me being a feminist or, like, I'm, anyone who tried to insinuate any otherwise, like, I, like, like that, that's what hurt me. You know, like that, that was what was fucking with me because like I've put, I've put so much energy into growing and I'm not even where I want to be. Like, I'm, <laughs> there's so much more I have to unlearn and there's so much more I have to work on. But the person I am today, like so much work has gone into it that like, it, it hurts when someone tries to like act like I'm, I'm doing this for, I don't know, like it's performative or fake. Like, no, not at all. Like I've, I've been outspoken and I've been political and I've, 
I've been challenging whatever I could challenge and, and what I didn't understand at the time, even way before society started doing this. So I don't know if you've known me, you've like, you've known me forever. Like, you know, this is not, this is not fake. This is who I am. Like I'm an outspoken person. Wow. Um, so, whew. so, <laughs> uh, this has been, I mean, I've wanted uh, us to have this conversation for uh, some time now since this happened. I think it's been two months already. Has it been two months since it happened? I think so. Yeah. It happened in um, April. So, yes, I was going to June. That was um, a very dark time for you. And remember, I was telling you when you were going through mm-hmm. all of it that. It's not my place to extend you seeing an olive branch. It's not my place to justify your actions. And this podcast isn't mm-hmm. even supposed to be you know, giving you a voice over the people who've been offended, um, you know, over your tweets. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is just the space mm-hmm. for all of us to have conversations about, you know, our own growth and our own journey. And um, mm-hmm. I yeah. started this podcast to also you know just work through my own growth as well i i for me i wouldn't uh say that i had a period where uh you know i went through a troll phase i wouldn't say that at all but i mean i also went through a phase of knowing how much words could you know trigger people not hateful words but just words to just get people just going, you know, saying provocative things, I would say, yeah. you know, yeah. or retweets and all of that. And a lot of the attention yeah. seeking online, I would say, has just, you know, when you pair, like you were saying at the beginning, when you pair um, somebody who uh, their their being is just made to crave attention, <laughs> And then you give them a platform where they yeah. get attention. It's it's almost like, and it's like, yeah. I, it's like, oh, okay, you're paying attention to what I have to say. Well, yes. this is what I think. So um, I think that those yeah. are very destructive in different parts of my journey as well. That's why it was interesting for me to just talk about this with you to just find the pieces in your life where you know you once were troll for the attention and you were getting the retweets, yeah. people supported mm-hmm. your thoughts and that made you feel like, yes, I was still going on and say more things so that people are just going to get wrapped up. You know, and it's, it's crazy because like, even like the provocative aspect when yeah. I was doing that shit too, but people aren't even necessarily like, I don't know about you, but like the attention aspect of it, like mm-hmm. when I was being provocative, or if I was being hateful, or if I was joking, or whatever the fuck I was doing, like what I under what I learned quickly about Twitter was that someone was always gonna have something to say. And depending on if it was like depending on how large that account was and who whatever audience they were gonna garner, like that was your luck. And I understood that very, 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 very early on Twitter. And so the provocative being provocative or just the seeking attention period um you will get it and that's what i always teach my students like this is what i teach like the youth like if you think like that's the way to get like it's almost like the fame aspect of it too like it 
you will, if you want people to talk, like you, it's easy. Like it's, it's you don't even, you barely have to do anything. Like it will happen. It's just, do you want that reputation to linger? Because after they talk, like it, it, it stays with you, you know, they move on to something else to talk about, but with your name attached to your name, that shit stays with you. And so anonymously, like it's just, um, right. I know that in, in our actions, we've hurt people, you know, I, I wouldn't sit here and absolve myself and say that I, I didn't, my tweets didn't offend anybody. It wasn't, I probably wasn't ever disrespectful to some people or, but it just, it makes you wonder it's because when the tables turn, it's not as easy at all. Believe me, you don't want people, you know, attacking you and bullying you. And it's, for me, I don't take that easy, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it, I just mm-hmm. put myself in the shoes of, you know, the victims that might have felt offended by the things that you said. And then I sort of, you know, understand that, mm-hmm. hey, this was a big deal to a lot of people. And for somebody who has grown so much, it would be very important for you to learn how to make the proper amends, you know, in your life and to those around you and in your journey as well. And, you know, the taking accountability for actions. And I, I appreciate the fact that you were completely honest about, you know, really just the, the, the intentionality of the you know, menace to the society. It was This is something that you felt at the time and mm. you believed it, and but you don't believe it now. And I think that I I hope that if anybody's listening and you know is going through their own true phase, they might be to you know from all of this and then offended by trolls. Also, find that this is not it's just coming from a place of emptiness from somebody who shouldn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that words have done a lot of damage mm-hmm. in our society, but. I really hope that somehow the victims that you and even I and anybody else listening in one way or another being a troll or, you know, hurt people with their words, they can just have their own self-reflection, you know? And, um, yeah, no, I'm talking yeah. like, I, I do want to, like, like, anyone I hurt, like, anyone that was triggered by those tweets, again, like, from the bottom of my heart, like I actually am definitely sorry, and you didn't deserve those words. Like it, they were hateful, they were wrong, they were horrific. Like I didn't see those tweets, and I wasn't proud of them in any way. And like I don't, I don't carry that anymore. And and I am working, like I work very hard towards ensuring that we're more mindful with our opinions. And like, if you do like want to share an opinion, like it's it's to educate, it's to uplift, it's to change the world. It's not to bring anyone down. It's not to hurt anyone. And people think that I just want to like clarify on the aspect that when I get at people, think people think it's like I'm being hateful. Or I'm I am hateful. No, like it's out of the fact that I understand the people who are reading those tweets and the pain that they're probably getting from whatever opinion you think you're sharing. And that's, right. that's where my anger comes from. 
because I've, I've been there. Like I've hurt people with just sharing an opinion and not thinking, not thinking it through and just thinking like you have the right to that opinion. Like queer people exist, fat people exist, black women exist, any marginalized person exists and they're reading that. And sometimes they're even in your life. Like, and that's, that's a crazy part about Twitter too. Like your friends and family follow you. So when you're sharing some, I had to learn this the hard way myself. So when you're sharing some of these opinions, like they're reading that and what you're telling them is that they, you're not a safe space and they can't trust you. And so that's why I, 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 I do what I do. Like, if I'm angry or if I'm outspoken or if I'm vulgar about it, uh, so sorry about that. But like, it's for people like who, who, who are who are like it's for people who don't who don't have the voice to say or who don't have the strength at that time. Because sometimes they get the strength later, but who don't have the strength at that time to say, "Hey, you're hurting me." Wow. So this was uh, <laughs> this was uh, <laughs> a very you know great conversation. Um, I've been, like I said, I've been looking forward to this for a very long time. And uh, I'm, I just want to say thank you, even for apologizing that um, that means, you know, that you're going to use, you're still using every channel that you can to still apologize. Even though you claim that, you know, you're tired of saying, I'm sorry, I guess it's just, it's, it, it is a consequence that comes with it. And um, I, I guess hurt doesn't just go away because you say sorry too right so um yeah like i just feel like my words like saying sorry isn't going to fix the problem and what i'm hoping to do is through action like through through actually putting in the work um that's how i want people to understand i'm sorry like i want them to see it they (laughs) i want them to see the work and so it's not that I'm done apologizing. I'm, I'm done apologizing with words, you know, like what's, what's yeah. the point of words? Like we live, like I, I'm doing it through action. And so hopefully people see it and respect I that. And that's all I can ask for. Growth every day as well. And um, thank you so much uh, for joining me today. <laughs> I want to say thank you. Aunt, thank you for even like, like you were kind, you know, not a lot of people were being kind to me at that time. And you were kind as fuck and you listened and you were being real. Like if I had to be checked, you were checking me. And I, I, I appreciate that so much. And Thank I respect you, so you a lot. I really appreciate you too. Um, I know that I've taken a lot of time for me today and the baby. I I'm so glad you joined me, Ifwa. And uh, any last words before we go? No problem. Not at all, man. I'm coming back, though. You know, so if you were, if you thought, if you thought I was gonna, I don't know, silence me or whatever it was, nah, man, I'm still coming back. I'm, I'm, you're still gonna hear about me. You're still gonna see me fighting about shit that y'all, y'all need to work up on. So <laughs> look out. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much um, so, good night take care good night mama goodbye and that was Ifwa Anku thank you so much for listening today I just want to say that if you join us throughout this whole podcast you've been amazing and um, 
I'm glad that you shared this journey with us. This is always a safe space and I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to criticize. I'm just here to ask questions and delve into, you know, personalities and people and your stories just to get a bit of understanding and just to also give them a voice. Um, the voice doesn't have to mean anything to you, but it is just a voice. I have a voice, you have a voice, and all of our voices matter. So thank you so much for joining today. Have a good evening. My name is Mia, and this is the Misunderstood Podcast. Goodbye.